Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And corrupt judge Jonathan Harrison. Have you guys ever wondered what it would sound like if Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin got into an argument with each other? Have I ever? That's that's what it would sound like right there. Those two guys just—it was just—it was first take. And Mike Orvin was filling in for Max Kellerman. That's what the show would sound like. Oh man! Oh boy! So cram session works like this. Usually, it's the three of us. Judd has been in Vegas on vacation all week. He'll be back tomorrow. But uh, it's just Rami and myself, Mackie, today. And Jonathan throws out three questions, awards us a point if he likes our answer, and at the very end, if there's a tie, he breaks it with trivia questions. So let's uh, let's do this. Let's fire away, Jonathan. Let's go, Jonathan. Here we I've go. got some sound for you today. So oh. Keith Hernandez on the Mets broadcast got immediately refuted by Juan Soto, who crushed a homer shortly after Hernandez said Soto is not a home run hitter. Here's what that sounded like. Too big a swing. He is not a home run hitter, even though he had a nice power year last year. Here's the one-two coming. And Soto cranks it to deep right field. Forget that. That is way up in the Coca-Cola corner. Oh, boy. That wind That's pretty blew good. it toward the line, but it's... Yeah. So what is the worst take you guys have ever had that went immediately wrong? And Rami, I, I'll give you years for here. For yours, but I'll let Phil go first. Oh, you got mine? Because I can. I've got yours. Yeah, okay, I've got good. Yours. I have, oh, wow. Because Rami's in here during the break. He's like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for oh, no, number no, no, one. I've got I'm it never for wrong. Rami. I'm, I'm never wrong. I've just like never been wrong before. I don't know. He may I'm not like, like LeVar it. Ball. Never lost. <laughs> Rami may not like it, but I've got it for him. Well, mine, I, there's a bunch if you go back. Uh, I'll, I'll get, I have one in my head from just a few weeks ago. But I remember one time I, I, I said the Twins are making a huge mistake. Eddie Rosario, there's no way you can have a 280 on base percentage in double A and triple A and get called up and do anything in the major leagues. Like, it's just like, how do you call this guy up? He's just going to swing and miss at everything. And I believe he led the league in triples five minutes later. <laughs> Was that his rookie? Yeah. He had 15 triples in 2015 after he got called up and received rookie of the year votes and everything else. But the most recently aggressively wrong I've been was on 
the uh, write that down segment from a few Fridays ago when I said that Avengers Endgame would not break (laughs) (laughs) box office records domestically or internationally. And 72 hours later, it was grossing billions of dollars. So (laughs) I think I know what mine is. I think I know what you're going to play. Wolves Lottery. Oh, well, there's that one, too. Mine would have been uh, for you. Put a roof on it. Because you're just wrong. You just absolutely wrong. You can't wrong. say I'm wrong about wrong. that. That's you're not wrong. factual. No, That's an wrong. opinion. That's subjective. Well, it's probably a bad day to point that out because they got rained out in Los Angeles last night. It's working to their benefit. Should have had a roof on. I'm coming around to Rami's side of the Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Do you actually have one, though? Um, Besides... I honestly, I couldn't. I know it's happened. I can't think of it. I'm drawing a complete... And I, I saw when you emailed the questions earlier. I've been trying to think of one since. Did you ever? And I just can't okay. come up with one. When some of your old coworkers over at the Fan in Milwaukee mm-hmm. on the Green and Gold post game show were throwing out ridiculous Aaron Rodgers takes, like, <laughs> like he's a he's a paperweight, <laughs> and they should put in Hundley. Did you ever creep over to that side? Did you ever Never. even for like a show say, you know Never. what? Yeah. Yeah, Rodgers is terrible. No? I, I actually got the, uh, I became known as the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club because no matter how bad things went for him, I was, I was like, guys, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going sure. to turn it around. He'll flip the switch eventually. And he, he always did. He always made me look good in that way. I never, ever, I never, ever went over to that side. of. I never went to the dark side. Okay. By the way, Jorge Polanco, RBI double, 9-2 to Minnesota Twins in the sixth inning of the game. Because they just mash. Yeah, Phil, you get the point here because Rami... Apparently, just gives perfect takes all the time. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> there's first take on ESPN, and there's perfect take between four and six p.m. on Score No, but I would say, if anything, I would say, I mean, it wasn't 15 minutes before the wrong ping pong ball came up that yeah. I said the Wolves are moving up, man. It's just a gut feeling. I got nothing to go on. Just a gut feeling. Wolves are moving up. That was just you getting educated into being a Minnesota That's sports true. fan. That's true. Yeah. Nothing ever goes on. All right. Question number two. All right. I need your baseball nerdish help here, guys. Last year's eighth overall pick in the MLB draft is reportedly set to agree to a six-year deal with one of the better teams in Japan. He's doing this because the Braves offered him a below-market contract after drafting him because he failed a physical due to a childhood injury. This six-year contract means he'll be able to come back to Major League Baseball when he's 25 years old as a free agent. If this works out for the kid, this will significantly change how MLB prospects go about entering the majors. Once again... Rob Manfred is tasked with changing the game. Yikes, there. He hasn't done a whole lot to do that so far, by the way. Oh, he's about to. (laughs) So you guys are Rob Manfred. How do you fix this? Um, I don't do anything. If I'm Rob Manfred, I don't do anything. Because if you look at the NBA, that's... And since they came up with the one-and-done rule, that's a route that kids can go when they're coming out of high school and aren't allowed to jump to the NBA. They could go to Europe and play that year there. And that's just a year. We're not even talking about six years. And who's done that? Brandon Jennings and who else? That's about it. I think there was one kid who tried. Because it didn't work out for him. think about when you were a 17, 18-year-old kid coming out of high school. Forget the the ridiculous you know, world-class athletic talent. You're a 17, 18-year-old kid coming out of high school, and your choices are take what's offered to me by a minor league team and take the the proven road to the majors that thousands of other guys have taken or go across the globe away from all my family, all my friends, where nobody speaks the language that I speak and try and succeed in that environment for six years and survive long enough and thrive well enough that I come back here and then start my major league career. I don't think that's a path that a lot of kids are going to choose to take. And if I'm Rob Manfred, I'm not worried about this at all. 
So I'm worried about, I, I think this is sort of a microcosm for just a bigger problem in that there's a lot of unrest among players, veteran players more than young players, because th- this is an isolated case of one mm-hmm. player is going to try something and we'll see if it works. Sure. I think it's an interesting idea. But there's a lot of older players, the Craig Kimbrels out there and the Dallas Keuchels, who previously would have gotten paid back in November and December, even in their 30s. So I think over, I think the example Jonathan gives is just a microcosm of baseball needs to look at its entire free agent structure because, and I get that, like in basketball, you can play among NBA players when you're 18 or 19 years old, and it, it can work. Like you can still score 20 points a game as a 19 year old, and you can like you're not completely in over your head in baseball. There's only a couple 19-year-olds in the world. At once every five or ten years, can a Bryce Harper come up or uh, or a Mike Trout who is like 20 or 21? But look at this. I want to I want to illustrate an example here of why baseball is going to start losing more and more of these Kyler Murray types to other sports when before it might not have been this way. Andrew Wiggins is a below-average NBA basketball player who's only 23 years old. He's making 30 million dollars, so he comes in. He had a nice he had a nice little paycheck as the number one overall pick, but he hits the market as a twenty three year old and has a chance to make thirty million dollars a year, right? Dak Prescott, twenty six years old, he's going to hit the market here soon. Is it next year or the year I after? It's next year, yeah. So next year, Dak Prescott's going to make twenty five to thirty million dollars a year unless he has a terrible season this year, because he's a franchise. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Russell Wilson, but he's one of the twenty best quarterbacks in the world. He's going to make twenty five or thirty million dollars. As a 26-year-old, Noah Syndergaard can't test the market until he's 29. That's crazy. So you've got to shorten the length of when a player enters professional baseball and when they hit the market. It can be 10 years sometimes. I I think you're right when you talk about losing these guys to other sports because these are freakish athletes. So growing up and when it comes time to decide what sport I want to play, a lot of these guys do have that choice. A lot of these guys are... All-state baseball and basketball players or baseball and football players like Kyler Murray. So you may start losing guys to other American sports, but with what Jonathan is talking about, I wouldn't worry about a lot of prospects taking that route to go and play internationally for six years until you you can come and get the big money in, in the States. But it's I, I just I just think... Because what what's the average, if, if you're going to get to the major leagues, it's going to take you probably, on average, four years at least in the minors. Yeah. Right, the the top guys make it. Maybe it's two. There's rarities like Chris Sale who are just like in the major leagues after six months. More and more of these guys who have played in college, they're they're getting the call up after like a year and a half, two years yep. in the minor leagues. So that that time frame is definitely for for the top end talent. But let's say it takes three years on average or four years on average, and that's when your clock starts. And then you make now these guys aren't broke. So I, I hate. I'm not trying to make them. Right. Seem like pity cases. You, minimum wage is still five hundred thousand dollars in the major league, so they're going to be fine. But just in terms of what they could make if they hit free agency and all the money that gets pumped into baseball that's not available to these young players, it's just a really, really antiquated system that probably has to go here. But they're not going to start losing guys to Japan. That ain't happening. No, no, not long term. Right. But you might start. But if if you can make more money in Japan your first five years as a professional baseball player and still be ready to play in the major leagues? Still don't think it'll happen. Again, you're a 17, 18-year-old kid, and think about how daunting it is to go across the world on your own and start a life and start a career. And have to use chopsticks. And have to use chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever learned how to use chopsticks? I'm a master with chopsticks. I cannot. No, really? Can't do I it. cannot do it. 
But you're the food guy. Can't figure it out. What? Can't figure it out, dude. Can we so, do? Can we do a video? Sure. Here? Yeah. Can you can't so figure you it out? Just grab a fork, or you I, just use your hands? I just use a fork. So do you for eat, sushi? I use my hands. Do you like sushi? Yes. So you go eat sushi. Yeah. You go to a nice sushi restaurant, uh, and no, you ask awesome. for a fork, uh, or I just use my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Rami's just a caveman. Already. I can't figure it out. <laughs> all right. Why are people still using chopsticks? <laughs> well, first of all, it's less. You don't have to do dishes. You order the. You get to bring some sushi home. There's a little wooden chopstick you throw more. I have a dishwasher. I just dropped it in the dishwasher. It's still, it saves you time. Uh, I don't think so. Jerry Seinfeld had a great bit. He's like, are you going to dig a hole with two big sticks? No, if you need to pick something up, you'd use a shovel. Why were we using chopsticks to eat rice? I don't know what to tell you, yeah. I'm with Phil here. Shorten the length it takes to hit the market. I thought you were talking about chopsticks. No, well, that too. Okay. Well, actually, no, because I don't use chopsticks. I'm not a sushi guy. (laughs) So I'm with you there, Rami. Good. Uh, So... To prevent, you know, Phil mini corn dogs are kind of like sushi. Yeah, but you don't use chopsticks. You just use your fingers. It's on its own Come chopstick. On. Actually, if, if chopsticks were available when you ordered the appetizer, like the, the mini corn dogs appetizer, I would use the chopsticks for the mini corn dogs. I would well, you like just, to see that. I wouldn't tots, use it great. like to pick it up. I just, just stab, stab it. it? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> These guys are ridiculous. Buzzing the corrupt judge. That's a dangerous move when you're one answer away from a sweep. We talked about a little bit on Score North Live about the teams were jealous uh, that other people get to cover because the Jets are just a dumpster fire right now with Adam Gase supposedly backstabbing the former GM. So that brings me to this question. What is one sports organization you're jealous other people get to cover and why? I mean, my, I got, I, I could, I, I have one that represents this type, but the Patriots or, I mean, pick your top end Championship after championship, you know, Man City, Patriots, you name it. Because I was born in 1985 in the Twin Cities. I was six years old the last time the Twins, Timberwolves, Wild slash North Stars or Vikings won a championship. Lynx, thank you for multiple championships. I didn't grow up. Like, the Lynx came along when I was too old to become, like, super emotionally attached to a team. Yeah. I think you build your emotional attachment to teams when you're super young, right? When you're six, seven, eight, ten years old. And so for me, that's Vikings, Timberwolves, Wild came along a little bit later, which is why I've had a hard time like going all in on the Wild, but and Twins. And I was six years old the last time one of those teams won a championship. I would love to know what it feels like, not just to like have a championship, that'd be great, but I'd love to know what the opposite thing feels like, where you are a Boston sports fan. And you are just showered with championships. It's almost like when you go to a stand-up. When, like, I went and saw Anthony Jeselnik one time, five or six years you ago. His new Netflix special. I have not. It's amazing. Okay, dude, that guy's cold-blooded. He's a sniper. I love it. So he did an hour at Acme Comedy Club one time, and the first thirty minutes were straight nonstop, like just like ten-second punchlines, boom, boom, boom. And we he burned out the room after thirty minutes. And so the, the second half of it, it was like people couldn't laugh anymore. Their because, stomachs hurt. They were out of breath. Because it was like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable laughing at this point. Physically uncomfortable laughing. Right. I want to feel what it's like to just be physically uncomfortable with, like, I, you got to slow down the championship conveyor belt here. I just, like, if I'm a Boston sports fan and every year it's like championship, 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 I'd love to know what that feels like. The victory that being that doesn't spoiled. mean anything anymore. Right. For I'm me. Just, I'm curious. For me. It would have to be, at this moment in time, the Los Angeles Lakers. And for a few reasons. Let's start with, along the same lines of what Phil was just saying, have you ever covered a game that LeBron was playing in? I've been to games, LeBron. Like The word covered here is like... 
Okay, I, I played baseball for a while. My first ever assignment in in broadcasting. Okay, Mo Williams was traded from the Bucks to the Cavs. Came back with the Cavs for the first time, and my boss was like, "Hey, I need you to go out to Bucks practice, new kid, and get some uh, get some answers from Mo Williams and what he thinks about Milwaukee after leaving." The best part of the story is the interview with Mo Williams, just terrible. The first time I've ever interviewed anybody, and he wasn't giving me anything. Yeah. It was just all one-word answers. I'm fat, sweating bullets, just trying to get anything <laughs> from this guy, and it's just not happening. But the cool part about that assignment was I get to the Bradley Center, and a bus, just as I'm walking into the, the media entrance, which was also where the visiting team would enter, a bus pulls up behind me. Like, feet behind me, the door opens, and LeBron James walks off, leading the Cleveland Cavaliers into the arena. And it's like I'm walking into the arena flanked by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm telling you... People thought you were in his group. Yeah, it was like I was part of his entourage. Yeah. And at one point, he actually tapped me on the shoulder, and he goes, he goes, do we turn down here to go to the visitor's locker room? And I was like, no, nah, man, just keep going, follow me. Um, <laughs> but you hear people talk about... And I know how some folks feel about LeBron. And I look, he's the second best basketball player I've ever seen. And all indications are he's a really good dude. You hear people talking about being in the presence of greatness and like feeling an aura, feeling like feeling electricity when you're around these people. And I'm telling you, it's real. And then you go and you watch LeBron James and shoot around. And it's the Harlem, it's a one man Harlem Globetrotter show. Like he literally was sitting on his butt on the ground with his feet on the ground, so knees bent, and throwing hook shots that are just hitting nothing but net. Sitting on the ground, in the, like in like a corner three, and just launching hook shots, sitting on the ground, and making it look easy. It's just amazing to watch that guy get ready for a basketball game, and that feeling of being in his presence is, is something else. And then on top of that, on top of that, now with the Los Angeles Lakers... You have Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss, and you just went through a season where he signed Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson. Like it was a traveling circus that has that has culminated in an in, in an an eruption that has Magic Johnson burying the GM Rob Palenka and his supposed sister and Jeannie Buss. LeBron James is standing on the sidelines going, I just signed here a year ago to be part of this. It is such a circus, and on top of that, you have the greatest basketball player in the world right now in the middle of all that, who you get to cover and be around on a day-to-day basis. There is not a better assignment than covering the Los Angeles Lakers oh. right now. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. I would like to see all the winning that it take that happens in Boston, but again, you'd have to live in Boston, so no thanks there. I would love to see what it is like to be a Lakers beat reporter right now, just story after story after story after story right now. So yeah, Rami, you get the point there. You Thank prevent you. the clean sweep by Phil today. Appreciate it. Boom. That is cram much. session. Mm. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays on Mackie and Judd with Rami. I feel like I have a pretty good record in cram session. Are we keeping track of all this? Uh, our li- loyal listener, Marcus, is keeping track for us. Okay, Real good. quick, before we get to Josh, tell us what's coming up next year, Rami Makhlouf. Uh Bart Winkler of The Fan in Milwaukee hates Drake. Hates him. And we're going to talk all about it. It's going to be fun. The Bomb Squad has added two more. The bomb squad has added. This two is more. ridiculous. They just don't stop. Miguel Sano hit a home run. Second and of the day. Jonathan Scope hit a home run. His second of the day. The Twins now have four games this season with six or more home runs. Nobody else has multiple home runs. Six home run games. Cut the.
Right. It's happening to cut the brakes. That's right. We'll joining keep, we'll joining keep you posted. us now. We will break into this interview and to anything else if the Twins hit another home run. We will break into live programming with the Bomb Squad updates. And the interview he's talking about is uh, on the phone right now from the fan in Milwaukee, co-host of the Chuck and Winkler show. It is my ginger brother from another mother, Bart Winkler. Bart, how are you this afternoon, buddy? I got a red beard, that's it, and if you cut off my interview, I'm hanging up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, because last week we had you slated to join Matthew Collar and uh, canceled, and I forgot to tell you that we canceled, so I would understand why you would hang up on us if we interrupted the uh, the interview. Two quick questions for you off the top. Are you still mad at me, or are we good? You were upset because I wanted it to be Bucks and Six so I could be in the Deer District on Saturday. We good, or are you uh, still salty? No, every time the Bucks were playing, Rami sends out a tweet. I don't care. I just wanted to go six. I, I got to be there. I got to be there. It's like if Drake didn't take all this attention, this has been known as the Rami Makloff needs to be at game six of the Deer District. <laughs> I'm awfully selfish. It's important. And my nickname when I was down there, one of the many I had was the Big Selfish. So I don't know why you're surprised by this. It's all about no, me, No, I always, because we always got along, I... I really didn't realize how selfish you were until you left and I saw it from the car. <laughs> All right. Question number two is why are you and the city of Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer giving Drake exactly what he wants? Don't you guys see what's happening here? No, I don't think this was like some mischievous plan by Drake to get all the attention. Look, I, he's getting in Giannis's head. He got in the Bucks player's head because what he did was stupid. And it was ridiculous. Now, okay, there's been a history of NBA fans and athletes and celebrities. Drake is on the court during the game, and he's touching a coach. Those two things are what bother me. If Drake wants to jaw and buy a seat and jaw with some of the stars because he's courtside, have at it. Everybody does it. It's fine. But he's on the court. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I think, see, I... I hear you. I think it's ridiculous, too. But I think the best counter move here is to line up a group of Wisconsin and or Milwaukee and or Green Bay options to stand behind Mike Budenholzer. Like, what needs to happen for Aaron Rodgers to put a couple big paws on the shoulders of, of, of Mike Budenholzer? Of give him a, good, give yes. him a shoulder rub? Yes. Can we make okay, this happen? So, problem is, we don't have any celebrities as big as Drake that are not athletes. What's Latrell so Sprewell doing? Can we get Sprewell down there? <laughs> And then the only other celebrities we have are like the TV lawyers that are on every commercial. Yeah, break. one call and that's all. TSR guys. <laughs> we got we got nobody. We got nobody that can like matches. I mean, we could. There's a there's a statue of Henry Winkler downtown. The bronze bonds we could like place on us. Yeah. What if they put the statue on the sidelines, like where the Drake seat is? What if they put the Fonzie statue right there on the sidelines? That actually might be the best option because we can't think of anything better. No, I came up with a better idea. I put it on Twitter last night, Photoshop job included. By the way, another home run. We're not interrupting the interview. I'm just letting people know another home run this Who time. Max, Max Kepler, a two-run shot, his 10th of the season. But Oh, God, if Kepler's hitting bombs, you guys are in for a real special season. 14-2 to two right now, Bart, yeah, in the aggressive. seventh inning. They have eight, seven Dang. home runs, eight home runs this, this is, game. This is going to be a fun Brewers-Twin series in a few days here. It really There's is. going to be some bombs hit. It really, sure. really yeah. is. But, Bart, I started a campaign last night. I don't know if it's caught traction or not, but I said put Bart on it. And it by it, I mean the sideline. Put Bart courtside next to the Bucks because I know you, Bart, and you can be annoying with the best of them. Drake has you when it comes to celebrity. But when it comes to being annoying and trolling people, you're up there with the best of them, buddy. Has, has this caught any traction at all? I mean, my mom retweeted your tweet. <laughs> That's true. 
No, I'm working tonight. I'm, I'm hosting our post game show down here. I'm, I got to work. Mm, that's too bad. Are I you? Can't go. Yeah, I can't go. We're talking with Bart Winkler from the fan down in Milwaukee. Let's get into the actual series itself. Are you? Um, I don't know if the word is scared, but are you any more worried than you were when this season started? Because Bart, I, I, I picked Bucks and six, not just for selfish reasons. I just thought that's how the series would play out. And I'm sticking with Bucks and Six. Not a lot has changed for me in this series. Both teams have held home court, and I, I still feel pretty good about Giannis and the Bucks. Are you any more worried than you were four games ago? Yeah, I'm a bit concerned. I picked Bucks and Five, and why I did that was based on how they've been so resilient during the regular season. So the Bucks, I thought they'd win the two home games. They did. I thought they'd lose Game Three. They did. But then I thought they'd bounce back and take Game Four because this is only the second time in this season that the Bucks have lost back-to-back games, and usually when a team beats them, the next time the Bucks play them, they, they beat them. The Bucks have been very, very good at, at getting mad after a loss and focusing that en- energy and going out and winning the next game. But the Bucks, game, the Bucks team that you saw in Game 4, and part of it could have been Drake, part of it could have been you know, Giannis at the free-throw line. Those, those fans were absolutely rabid when he was at the free throw line as they should be, they just seemed like a different Bucks team. They didn't, they didn't have the, the swagger that they have. They didn't have the confidence that they had. So hopefully the return to Milwaukee tonight can, can benefit them. I think what the Bucks need to do is, is to mix it up a little bit in terms of how they attack Toronto. And this is something that I've been saying throughout our shows today that not everybody is on board with. I just, I think, the reason I like the Bucks so much to go to the finals, and I've liked them all year to do that, Toronto, I've always said, is going to be their toughest challenge, and we're seeing that. But the reason I like it is because their depth is so good. And I'm not talking about, like, guys 6 through 8. I'm talking about guys 6 through 13. And I think the guys that are 6, 7, and 8 can be almost interchangeable with the guys that are 11, 12, and 13. I think that they have a bench that is full of, like, that's their arsenal. And they've tried Miritich, and maybe that weapon's not working right now. So try a DJ Wilson, who's a good defender, good three guy off the bench. I, I think that I would like to see them, if they have to, go deeper in the bench tonight rather than, well, let's hope Miritich makes this shot because he's missed 37 of his last 45. Now, I know that by saying that tonight he'll go 9 out of 11, but I just, I would like to see Budenholzer, if he has to go deeper into that bench, it's not like, these guys are scrubs. He's been rotating these guys all season, who's playing, who's starting, and who's not. So these guys, they can go fresh into an Eastern Conference Finals and perform, I think. So I'd like to see that if they get in trouble tonight. It's Bart Wiggler from The Fan in Milwaukee. and uh, You can hear Bucks raptors Game 5 tonight right here on Score North on 1500. Here's the scary thing, Bart, for the rest of the league about Giannis. Regardless of what happens in this series, so he is the most, I think he's the, right now, I think he's the, with LeBron getting older and injuries, and he's the best overall scariest player in the NBA, 24 years old, and he has another level to his game. Like, this dude's putting up 28 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, he plays defense, and if he adds a 3-point shot consistently and, and maybe improves his free, like, there's, there's more there over the next two or three years to become even more dominant, and that's the scary part for the rest of the league. Well, the scarier part is he knows that, too, and he's going to work on that. I mean, he's working on three-point shots before every game. He's coming out of halftime early to work on free throws. And that jumper component, you hear him and you say, well, if Giannis just had a jumper, he could be one of the greats of all time. Uh, 
he had a couple fadeaway attempts or at least turnaround jumpers that he that he missed so far in the series. And yeah, that would that would unclog the lane because this this phrase the wall. Boston puts up this wall and and Toronto puts up this wall. The Bucks have been able to beat that strategy of clogging the lane against Giannis because he's been able to kick it out and these guys are knocking down shots. And it's very simple for the Bucks postseason right now. When those guys knock down shots, they win. When they don't, they lose. So if Giannis does add that next component to his game, yes, it is going to be very scary. And the fact that he wants to be the best should make it even scarier for everybody as well. Yeah, that's what happened in that Boston series. They 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 built the wall, so to speak, and guys weren't hitting shots in game one, and then guys started hitting game shots, and all of a sudden they weren't so quick to, to put up the wall, and that opened things up. For Giannis, so I, I agree well, with you. Well, Rami 100%. too. He also figured out he also figured out Al Horford uh, on defense, and right now the Raptors, after two games, they switch Kawhi to Giannis. And Kawhi, even if Kawhi's thirty five percent, I don't know what he is. He's been the best player in the series, even injured. So him him switching to Giannis defensively has been a big big component of the series too. That's Bart Winkler from the fan down in Milwaukee. He hosts the Chuck and Winkler morning show, and uh, he'll be on Bucks post game tonight. Apparently, we'll have Game Five between the Bucks and the Raptors tonight here on Score North. Bart, will I see you in the Deer District Saturday? Or are you still still mad at me? No, I'm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to the Brewer game that afternoon, mm. and then that because it's a three o'clock game, and then there's a free flow rider concert after wow whoa so you oh. know how much i love flow rider yeah Ronnie. that's Ronnie that's your and jam. i used to jam in the backseat of his car to flow rider oh, you all guys, the time man. when he was here yeah. so i might stay for that all right you know flow rider is just florida with like a hyphen really yeah, it's, cra- it's, cra- it's crazy <laughs> wow it's crazy for put- if you guys know if you guys knew that's that. like the arrow in the fedex side yeah. i never put it together yeah. until now thank you Phil. It's, I appreciate it's iconic that. yeah <laughs> All right, Bart. I love you, buddy. Follow him at Winkstinks on Twitter. He's truly one of the fo- funnest follows on Twitter. Hopefully, I'll see you Saturday. Hopefully, you don't pick Flo Rida over me, and I'll see you Saturday, bud. This has been another great use of my time. Appreciate it, Bart. Right, Bart. <laughs> I love that dude. He really dude, he is. is. He is hilarious on Twitter. He is so funny on Twitter. Yeah. So funny. Yesterday he did a thing from, uh, he was covering the Brewers game and he did a th- pregame. He was doing a thing where he was acting like Drake. He was, he was calling himself the Brewers ambassador and just walking up and down the baseline and giving guys shoulder rubs. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. We need like, can we, can we just get like, just a cavalcade once every five minutes? It's like the movie Airplane where you just see a line of people up and down the aisle, like Aaron Rodgers. Hands on the shoulders. Maybe Danica next. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just too quiet. He's too subdued a guy to be their Drake. They need somebody who's who's as flamboyant as Drake there on the sidelines. Uh, quick update. The Twins have not hit any home runs in the last three minutes. It's only 14-2. to two. Yeah, they have not hit any home runs last the last three minutes. They have seven home runs today against the Angels. And, and Tyler Duffy is trying to get right here in the seventh. It's a luxury. You get to send your Good struggling time to get relievers right. out yeah. there. Yeah. So we will wrap with Royce when we come back here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami and Luther Brookdale Toyota. You want to talk about getting right. It's pothole season. Make sure your car is right. Make sure your alignment is right and your tires and such. You've got road trips. You've got trips up to the cabin. You don't want tire problems and alignment problems. And that's why Luther Brookdale Toyota has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff. You can bring your vehicle in for a quick check. And they'll make sure your alignment is good and that you're safe on the road the rest of this spring and summer. If you're thinking about a new vehicle, 
Go talk to Paula and my friends in that showroom area and ask about some of the great deals going on right now, specifically the 2019 Highlander, Tundra, and or Sienna. You want something a little more powerful, a little more spacious, 0% interest for 60 months on all three of those, Highlanders, Tundras, Siennas, oh my, 0% for 60 months on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard or LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. And in those last 60 seconds, no Twins home runs. We'll keep you posted minute by minute. The Twins bomb squad is out today in Los Angeles. Thank you, Jonathan. Pat, the bomb squad has seven more today in Los Angeles. Wait, wait, wait a second. Nope, he got under that one a little bit. Marwin went deep to center, but got under a little bit. Marwin. And uh, didn't uh, Ostadio hit one to the fence earlier, too, right? It could be eight or nine or something. Unbelievable, I tell you, bad pitching's in trouble against these boys. And Neil Ramirez qualifies. <laughs> Remember him? The Twins had him for two weeks, didn't they? Watch? Did they? Well, Matt yeah, Harvey you know, started this whole thing today. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the shell of Matt Harvey, whatever, whoever that is out there. I knew he'd had Tommy John. I didn't realize he also had this thoracic outlet syndrome uh, surgery. Uh, the combination of those two will take a little away from your fastball, I would think, Pat, I feel like this, but, yeah. this good pitchers are in trouble against this lineup. We were talking earlier with Jason Stark about the possibility of, you know, playoff baseball and some of the teams that you'll face. And I think even some of the better staffs in baseball, you have one through nine, no matter what the lineup is on a given day for the Twins. That's going to be trouble for just about anybody out there on the mound, no? Man, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, yeah, mediocre pitching, sure. Uh, Berlander and uh, Garrett Cole are not going to be terrified, but uh, there'll be some, uh, you know, there'll be other uh, pitchers that certainly will. Uh, I don't know. The playoffs could be interesting. They end up with a playoff series against the Yankees this year. It could be uh, 23 to 14, you know. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> the Yankees, Yankees hit, you know, five, six home runs every game, too. Yeah. Without their lineup, by the way, without Judgment Stanton. So uh, we just caught a uh, fly ball here in the eight-year-old baseball game for an hour. We're very happy. Oh, wow. Give retired us an, give us an update. Decide. What's the, give us a scouting the, report the, here. The Blue Sharks, which are the team I'm rooting for, uh, have uh, committed six outs in uh, two innings. I mean, have uh, have gotten six outs in two innings which tops by five the number I saw on Tim T-Ball the uh, previous two, three years. They've, they actually now try to catch the ball and throw it to the right base, which is an interesting transition here. Is, is this, is this kids' pitch aid or is it pitching machines? This is, this is pitching machine aid, which is great because they throw the ball and it slops the ball in at the same wow. Hold on, hold on. Hold we, on have, well, we have liftoff. Wow. We have liftoff. Eddie Rosario with a home run it's for the Twins. Time. Eight that's what's am- home runs for the Twins today. That's what's amazing about this uh, whole uh, offensive explosion. Eddie's been terrible for a month, basically. You know, he's after after that terrific hot start. He's uh, he's been probably their uh, weakest link in the uh, in the lineup. I mean, he gets he gets a hit here and there, but he has not been hot yet. So. So they got eight. Does that tie? They had eight once previously, right, this year? Yes. They had eight three weeks ago eight. against the Orioles, right? Or now, but Miguel, who uh, somebody on Twitter, uh, you saw that, Phil. I think you responded to it, that somebody on Twitter in Miguel's second or, what, third game said that uh, he just looked the same at the plate. He looked terrible. And 
I think it was the second game, and I said, well, at least you're being patient and realize this isn't football. <laughs> uh, and uh, about 10 minutes later, the guy hit a home run, and he's up to what now? Four or five? He's, uh, he's got four already. He hit two today, hit one yesterday. So he does look a little better, doesn't he? Maybe we're just used to him being enormous, huh? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look. He doesn't look like he's three hundred pounds anymore. But no, no, no. He looks like he could be a two seventy eight, something like that, which is, I guess, okay. But yeah, this is something, man. What uh, people? Uh, I've always said there's nothing. There's nothing uh, more popular with fans, especially baseball fans, is unexpected success. Uh, Phil, you remember two thousand one when they came out of nowhere and they were what fifty seven and thirty three at yeah. the All Star break or something like that, and and people got fired up about baseball again, and that's certainly because uh, this is unexpected, no matter what people are saying. Uh, Pat, and, C- uh, CJ Crone just doubled; he's five for five today. It's pretty good. What a pickup! You know, I was I was terrified of him just because he he was let go by Tampa. <laughs> And uh, the previous experiences with let go by Tampa guys weren't real good, uh, starting with Logan Morrison. But this guy's a pretty good player. In fact, uh, I think on the uh, podcast last uh, yesterday, uh, which is still flowing around there, TK and I spent some time talking about him and what a uh, surprisingly good player he's been. Let's face it, they uh, these guys they picked up have uh, been, you know, scope is, Certainly had a lot more left than anybody uh, in Milwaukee thought after seeing him last year. And Crone, that's still weird, isn't it? That they let him go after having a good year, and he's uh, what are they paying him? Seven, seven or eight, something, maybe nine. He's not making any money, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Martin Perez was able to pitch terrible and just get him out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was struggling and, uh, today, but it didn't matter. Cruise to uh, is it fifteen to two now? Yes, fifteen to two. You know, the boys probably don't have to whine about having to stay overnight and play the uh, game today. They'll probably feel a little better about it on the flight home, huh? Probably. They were very, they were very upset about the mush-outs that they had. It's hard to call it a rain-out when it didn't rain for three hours before the game. They don't worry too much about the irrigation, about the drainage system at Anaheim, apparently, since it never rains, huh? No. Yeah, they don't have one, from what I understand, Pat. They just don't have uh, a drainage system in that field, and they really don't need one, uh, really. I think this was the 19th rainout in 59 years. So. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, is uh, this... So this is... I mean, you, you have a lot more perspective on Twins history than than we do here, but we're talking historic power. They've never had a lead this big in the division this early in a season. Is there anything to compare? I mean, I know you mentioned 2001, yeah, 63, but... Four, 63, four or five teams. Uh, I mean, they weren't hitting golf balls then, you know. They were hitting uh, mushy balls uh, sewn by uh, young uh, by ladies making two cents an hour in Haiti. They weren't... Uh, <laughs> They weren't hitting these things, which are, uh, you know, obviously golf balls, as you can tell by what's happening in the International League. That said, they also, you know, nobody ever said anything to Harmon and uh, and Mincher and guys like that about having an uppercut swing, but if you weren't one of those guys, they didn't want you to lift the ball. They wanted you to get on top of the ball and hit it. And the whole, uh, the whole philosophy of hitting has changed in about a three-year period of time here, three, four, five, five years. As we were talking, Phil, Jose Batista changed the game, and he didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the uh, lift it and, you know, lift it. And uh, it, the, the, I, I, I'm, in fact, I want to write something about 
what no longer is meaningful in baseball? You know, keeping the ball down, uh, range in the infield. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there that no longer uh, no, no longer applies to this game. Yeah, range in the infield is kind of a funny one because teams just figured out it's great if you can run 50 feet to scoop that ground ball and throw it over. We'll just like move you over 30 feet. Yeah, we know they, we know where the ball is going to be hit. Just stand right here. Did you see the ball there on the top of the in the fifth where Perez had loaded up the bases and it was still a game? What it was for? I don't know. It could have still become a game, and the guy had a rocket up the middle and Blanco ran over and got it and stepped on the ball. He moved about two steps and caught it. The uh, the shift works again for all the whining you see when a seven hopper goes through once a week. Uh, it is amazing the number of outs uh, this defensive shifting takes away from people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fifteen to two runners on the corners, two outs, and Scope I think has two home runs today in this one. What's yes, the what? two? He and Sano each have two, and Crone, Kepler, and who else? I don't know. Can't keep track. Yeah, Rosario. Crone, I don't even know. Oh, Rosario. It's ridiculous. So yeah. it's seven or it's eight now. It's eight, right? Eight. That like game, Pat, the Twins. Track. This is how. This is like the the peak moment in the twin season. So they have to stay an extra day in Los Angeles. I think Latroy Hawkins was on the, the color commentary, but he had to fly home because they, they didn't have this scheduled as a day where he was going to work. And so they've just been filling the booth with Derek Falvey and Corey Provis. And our guy Mike Herman was in the booth talking about <laughs> travel logistics. They hit three home runs in the inning that Mike Herman was in there. And Mike Herman was, and Dick allowed Mike to call all three of the home runs play by play. Like they're, wow. you know, it's good when the, when the team travel director is uh, helping clown Matt Harvey on an eight home run day in Los Angeles. <laughs> former, uh, former St. Olaf lefty, you know, he could, uh, he could, uh, probably be out there giving up home runs right now. <laughs> Mike Herman, you know, kind of a, I, I tell you what, I got to, I'm so old. I got to see a uh, Herman play against my, uh, uh, stepson in uh, in thirteen uh, year old baseball, and he was he was the scourge of Golden Valley, Herman. But his his talents dropped off a little when he got to college. So. Yeah. Well, Pat, enjoy. Uh, give us a score update on the game you're at right now. The well, we don't have a scoreboard, but I think we're about two to two here. Okay. Between the Blue Sharks and I don't know who the opponents are, but we don't like them. They're okay. both wearing blue, which is adds to the confusion. Very confusing. Go blue sharks. Is there at least a lighter shade of blue in there? <laughs> no, they're both exactly the same blue. So. By the way, you might want to check on our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. He called in mad that we weren't breaking down Vikings OTAs. So if you want to just give oh, him a call. Only about three hours a day with Collar. Yep. All. <laughs> all right. All right, see you, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, goodbye. All right, that's Pat at an eight-year-old baseball game right hey, now. This uh, statistic just came across my timeline uh, from Minnesota sports fan, or Minnesota sports fan, I'm sorry. The Twins have hit a total of 3,346 feet worth of home run today. Courtesy of FSN. Yeah, they threw that up. That's ridiculous. 3,346 feet of home. How many, how many feet are in a mile? Anybody? 5,280. All right. So they've hit right. over a half mile of home runs in Los Angeles today. They've cleared a mile in their time in Anaheim. They've cleared a mile of home runs, I would guess, <laughs> in the time that they've had in this series in Anaheim. So, okay. What's the record they're going for here? As far we as should do, home runs in a season, or my, or how how the total number of feet well, you, of home runs in a season? It's two two hundred sixty seven would be the new mark, and they're on pace to shatter that. Yes, that's not even going to be close. So two hundred sixty seven. Um, what's the average home run like? Say four three seventy five. 
Three seventy. How about three ninety with okay. this this club? All right, All right. <laughs> so we'd be talking about a hundred four thousand feet divided by five thousand two hundred eighty. I'll take your word for it because you're putting all this into a calculator. So they, they they're on pace to hit like twenty miles of home runs if they just break the major league record. That's pretty good, man. I wonder what the record is for miles of home runs in a season. Jonathan, why don't Jonathan, you look that get up? On that. <laughs> Yeah, let me get that on, get on that in the last 10 seconds. Write that down tomorrow and probably more Twins home runs in the ninth. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.